So who killed Kennedy? You should probably ask Oliver Stone. Yeah, he, he knows. It involves uh, gay men, the mafia, and the CIA. He would also later go on and refer to Putin as not a bad guy. Yeah, hey. He also defended Harvey Weinstein, I think. But then he, like, immediately, like, he's like, oh, I didn't realize more had come out about him. <laughs> but he did, like, say something like, maybe these women were trying to get an edge. Oh, no. Yeah. So. But did you know that the guy, Jim Garrison, who is the main character of the film JFK, uh, his original theory was that it was a homosexual thrill killing that killed Kennedy. This is not brought up in the film. Do you have any guilty knowledge of the death of Paul Mormon? Guilty knowledge? I found them. The men who killed my family. He was killed in the woods where your family died. His face had been eaten. Well, hello, welcome back to the Waffle Press Retrospectives. Where we talk about everything not related to Hannibal Lecter. So the magic bullet. So a big thing about the magic bullet is that it was found on the operating table when Kennedy was like, you know, like when they were looking at his body and the bullet was in like pristine condition and somehow it had traveled through multiple people um, and came out normal. Right. So that's like odd. Well, it was Magneto. Magneto tried to stop the assassination. Was he the magic bullet in that movie? Yeah, yeah, he tries to stop the bullet because JFK was a mutant. How did he fuck that up? I don't know. That just raises further questions. It's the least of those movies' problems. Like, was he like, like, was he off his game that day? <laughs> like, this is a dude who lifted the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, <laughs> couldn't stop a bullet though. He could make it go on a crazy trajectory. <laughs> that's so stupid. Uh, but no, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about Hannibal Rising. And uh, JFK had like a metal pole in his back because he had all these spine problems as a kid. And that's probably why his head does that weird jerk when he does the back into the left. Is it is it exploitative of like of Oliver Stone to show the actual footage of JFK's head getting blown off? I want to tell the folks at home why I'm talking about anything but Hannibal Rising right now. The recording app we used failed to save any of the audio. For anyone out there using iFree Skype Recorder, don't do it. Hey, wait a minute. Before you blast them, okay. I just want to say, we didn't use it. You used it. <laughs> I just sit here. I just get these Skype calls and I do the show. And I do as little work as humanly possible. And I ride off of your hard work. You're welcome, asshole. Yeah, hey. Also, speaking of me not doing anything, um, Ethan, my friend Ethan got me a new mic for this. Yeah, Ethan. And that's why I'm assuming I sound better. I don't know, actually. Because, all right, let's, let's, let's talk about why I'm not talking about Hannibal Rising. Okay. The movie's fucking boring. So little happens in it of any consequence. That I just don't care. And all of the info just left my brain. Because <laughs> it's not a memorable film. I know who to point the finger at for this movie. There is apparently not going to be another Thomas Harris novel, or at least he hasn't said he's going to write one. Mm -hmm. But how about an original screenplay 
about Hannibal before. Mm-hmm. Hannibal, when he was still out there committing his crimes. I mean, There's he's always there working with another serial, serial killer. Let him be the serial Let's killer. Let's find out how he became this yes. guy. Good job, Evert. Thanks for making me fall in love with film criticism. He gave a positive Dick. review to JFK. Also to Red Dragon. He said it's Oliver Stone's right to interpret history however he wants. Holy shit. Did he really? Oh, no. And I don't know if we would say that if it was a film about Holocaust denial. Wow. That's that, a lot that, to take There's, in there's right a lot now. happening in that quote. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not a lot happening in this movie. But I will give a quick breakdown of what happens in Hannibal Rising because I still have my notes. Okay, so we open with Hannibal Lecter as a young boy during World War II. His family gets eaten by Nazis. No, no, no. His family gets killed by Nazis. Well, no, hold on. You fucked it all up. Did I? Now it's flooding back to me. (laughs) Okay. So so here's the structure of this film, and here's why it fucking blows. Uh, we, We open with Hannibal as a kid with his little sister who he apparently gets along with. Uh, he lives kind of the high life with his family, but the Nazis are coming, so they have to flee. And they flee their castle, I guess they live in. Uh, was it a castle? Who fucking cares? Yeah, they're living in the woods, and then we see that Hannibal's family is killed uh, in some sort of attack. Uh, and he, Hannibal and his sister live. And then the World War II starts drawing to a close. The Nazis are retreating. Some are going into hiding. A group of Nazis find Hannibal's cabin, and they decide to take refuge there. And then we cut ahead to an older Hannibal who is uh, traumatized by something. Can't imagine what that could be. And uh, we eventually discover that uh, he's already a troubled kid. He he's takes care of a bully that's mocking him. And... Uh, we eventually discover that those Nazis killed and ate his sister. And uh, so he's getting revenge on these Nazis in this film. After he hooks up with his aunt, um, she's uh, living in France. She was married to his uncle. Um, I don't know if they really go into how that relationship, but that doesn't really matter. And uh, she starts raising him in the samurai lifestyle. Uh which is which is the one moment where it seems like this might get like ridiculous and awesome, but it just doesn't. And then at the twist is that it turns out Hannibal also ate some of his sister. There's the movie. This is over two hours. <laughs> Why is it that long? Uh, it made me appreciate the Star Wars prequels. Oh, okay. Because more than nothing happens in them. Like, this is how you don't do a prequel. The prequels are at least... There's a lot of interesting ideas in there. I mean, obviously, we talked about it. There's a lot of little nuggets in there that, like... You can see what George Lucas is going for. Whether or not it was executed right or well is up for debate. Obviously, for a lot of people. But there's always fun to talk about. Hannibal Rising isn't at all. And that's that's pretty much... That's pretty much it. That's the episode. Bye, guys. But here's something that I think is a little interesting that some of you will forget. Jack Ruby brought his dogs with him to the the lineup where Lee Harvey Oswald was going to get brought out. Like, and he knew he was going to kill Oswald. He thought he was going to, like, get celebrated for doing this and didn't really think through the implications of what he was doing. I think the big problem with Hannibal Rising is uh, in its source material, 
and how Thomas Harris didn't want to write it. Yeah. Thomas Harris essentially had a gun to his head. Well, Dino De Laurentiis went to him and said, we're going to make this movie, so you can either write it or, yeah. Or someone else will. It's kind of like what happened uh, with uh, Peter Jackson in those Hobbit films. Yeah. That's another instance of maybe some interesting nuggets of ideas. I mean, obviously, The Hobbit is like a classic fairy tale. But uh, what you shouldn't do is make it into a three-part trilogy. Those movies are mostly worthless. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's literally like, what the fuck else is there to talk about in that movie? You brought up an interesting point last time where there's this compelling idea about war and how it makes everyone monsters and shitty. Yeah, I did bring that up. And I think that's a really good point. I, I wish I had remembered that because it's, it's, it's honestly something like I, a theme I'm really attracted to in media. I don't think we talk enough about the damage war does to society, even societies that aren't directly affected by it. Uh, just the, like the psyche, uh, national psyche, it's, it's very unhealthy. And it's something I wish... Uh, I think the Game of Thrones books capture it better than the show ever did. Um, in fact, the show, I think, kind of abandoned those ideas. Unfortunately, I agree. It's unfortunate. Um, it's also unfortunate those guys are doing Star Wars stuff now. But I think they're more talented than people give them credit for. I just think that they're, they, they kind of mishandled something that would have been difficult to handle under the best circumstances. They also made – did you ever see Troy? The Brad Pitt one? Yeah. I did long time ago. The director's cut is not on Netflix, so the movie's on Netflix right now. Um, but it's – I think it's very underrated. It's got its flaws, but it's very underrated. I think – I like it more than I like Gladiator. Damn. And I really like I, – I, I, I'm not a giant fan of Gladiator, but I like Troy more. And you can see all of the like themes that would later get revisited in Game of Thrones in Troy, and those, at least one of those guys worked on Troy. Again, it's not a perfect film. You'll find flaws with it, but I think it works more than it doesn't. Uh, Brian Cox, who played Hannibal, is in it. I was about to, I was about to try to segue that back. Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Yeah, that one. I got more. He dies. Spoiler. Uh, we all know well, that. Yeah, that's fucking the story. <laughs> if you don't know what happens to Achilles, don't watch Troy. Don't. Ugh. Ever heard of Achilles heels, you fucking heathens? Speaking of people that got wasted, Dominic Cooper, Dom Dominic from, from The Wire, what's it? Dominic West is in this. Dominic West. I, I had brain fart. Dominic Cooper, what the fuck? And Lady Murasaki, Hannibal's aunt, is played by Gong Li, who starred in Miami Vice the year before this, which is a masterpiece. And this is this is a downgrade for her. You can find, kind of feel that the movie's going for, like, a moody atmosphere. Yes. Or, like, something like Miami Vice, oddly. Yeah. But it doesn't really know how to capture that beyond like cool imagery once in a while and even then I mean, it's not like an ugly looking movie or anything it's just 
none of the images really mean anything. So you can't really form an attachment or like they don't have a natural flow to the characters and their journeys because there is none. I think I said this almost kind of felt like a tone poem. <laughs> There's just nothing there, man. The structure is really like this film's Achilles heel. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just it that's the thing that I think kills it for me. It's just we have this stupid prologue that just you don't need, but then it also decides to be to tell its story via flashbacks. Like why didn't they they should have picked one. They either should have told the story chronologically or they should have done a non-linear style story and they couldn't decide so i think it brought up it has the man of steel problem and i would argue that uh the man of steel problem it has the man of steel problem with the flashbacks and then it has the amazing spider-man problem in terms of the protagonist and both of those fucking amazing spider-man movies have shitty unnecessary prologues yes they do but uh that scene in the orphanage or whatever when hannibal is uh Sticking up against the bully or whatever, right? It's like the same shit happens in The Amazing Spider-Man. Where it's like, oh, he's trouble, but he's an outsider. And he's also cool and suave and hot. And it's like, just decide on which one you want to do. And then for the flashbacks, like, they mean nothing. Yeah. Like, in Batman Begins, I know Nolan has a lot of detractors nowadays. But, like, I don't think you could really argue that the flashbacks don't add anything to that movie. Well, the, the, it's not about the flashbacks meaning nothing. It's just that... They're out like if you just ordered them better, it probably would work a little more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Lost did this really well for us. Like, first season with the flashbacks. I love the show, but like the flashbacks got really uh haphazard after a certain point. But they were so intrinsically tied to what the characters are going through, there it, it helped them form a structure around the story they were telling. Instead of just being like, here's Clark Kent on an oil rig, here's Clark Kent in middle school. Here's Clark Kent. It's more important than that, which is that here's Clark Kent saving people, and he's he's not he's not making himself known, but he is saving people, and those people witness him, you know, walking through fire and then holding up an oil rig. Like we, it's it, it's very clear that people see that. Um, so he has made the decision that he will start saving people. Uh, but then we cut to these flashbacks where there's this debate, like, hey, you can't. Like, are you going to expose yourself? Like, like, will you, is it your right to step in and save people? But it's like, well, he's decided that, yes, it is. So why are we revisiting it? And it's like, and I don't, it's, it's just baffling to me that that was the decision. It feels like a very rushed screenplay at that point. By the end of the movie, there's that confrontation on the boat after Hannibal kills and eats his way through the Nazis. Just kidding. He doesn't eat anyone until the end. Or I guess technically the beginning, because you find out he ate his sister. Ah, fuck. Like, I, I almost want to make a point. And I'm like, fucking who cares? I guess it's I guess it's the Hannibal retrospective, so maybe people will want to know. Um, what's so confusing is, so I did a whole thing in the original episode where I talked about, like, what makes a serial killer and kind of compared it to... Hannibal's uh, rise in this film. Um, and uh, one of the things is that sometimes the like serial killers will sometimes become obsessed with something very specific, um, like feet or something like something that honestly isn't that weird. 
outside of like maybe like, you know, a weird fetish or something that wouldn't be weird. But then you add in this, you know, no remorse and bloodlust element and suddenly it takes on a whole new meaning. Um, and usually they say that those sorts of things are generated in childhood. Like there's an inciting moment that like makes that stick in their head. There's no real evidence. I don't know if there's any real proof of that, but that's kind of a theory. I think that's just the theory in general about where weird obsesses or fetishes come from. Uh, but so like the idea of like cannibalism, like you could maybe trace that back to his childhood. But in this, he doesn't realize he committed cannibalism. So it doesn't make sense that he would embrace it later. Because the whole story is about Hannibal Lecter, like being forced to become this monster because of the environment that he grew up in and like, and like how that war fucked him up so bad, like that he becomes a serial killer. But this doesn't feel like the Hannibal Lecter that we will come to know and and love and become interested by. Although Anthony Hopkins does wonderful little dance videos on Twitter. Oh yeah. Let's watch that video right now. Oh, that was great. <laughs> but there's no, there's no point to him like killing these people individually in pretty fucked up ways. But like, but there's nothing correlating to the event of his trauma. He's just gonna chop his way through these people, you know, pick them off one by one down to the last guy. We brought up that McNulty is in this film and then completely forgot about it because it doesn't, doesn't do. matter. It's just like, like this, you think you you honestly think because he's the guy who like he hunts Nazis, kinda. Like, he's aware of Nazis. You kind of think that maybe he'll team up with Hannibal or, like, turn a blind eye to his actions. But then that doesn't happen. And then he could have gotten some, like, some interesting commentary about, like, well, you know, he's killing Nazis. Like, like, is it really that bad? Is he more than just an... Is it more than just him killing Nazis? Or, like, can his bloodlust be satiated by just killing Nazis? Yeah, and, like, well, that's the... I also pointed out that, like, like we had a uh, good old... Mason Verger. Uh, we had good old Mason Verger in the last film, um, who is a, not in the last film, in Hannibal, um, Hannibal, the movie. It's called Hannibal, the movie. And uh, he's a, you know, pedophile, horrible, disfigured man. And I, the disfigured, I guess, are meant to be, we're supposed to be afraid of disfigured people. Yeah, the series has got some, uh, Serious problems. <laughs> All of cinema has serious problems with that. I mean, The Last Jedi, Snoke has a fucked up face. And all we know about him is that he's pure evil. So, that's what you get. But, uh... So, you know, we're introduced to a character in that film that puts Hannibal up. We're like, hey, at least Hannibal isn't this guy. And now in this film, we're li it's literally resorted to Hannibal versus Nazis. <laughs> because, like, everyone wins against the Nazi, yeah. pretty much. I mean, it took, like, uh, even for comic books to be like, 
like invent super Nazis and Hydra, you know? Like, they're not just Nazis. They're worse than regular Nazis. They're super Nazis. Yeah, but that's, like, the one thing in that film that, like, doesn't work at all. <laughs> Does uh, Hannibal start fucking his aunt in this movie? That's the buildup in the finale. I totally was, like, I was totally, like, not paying attention by the time we went into the third act. <laughs> like, like a whole twist, ha- like, that twist happened, I think. That re- No, the twist happened that revealed that she'd been kidnapped and, like, I knew that a twist that happened because, like, the music changed. <laughs> but, like, my brain, like, couldn't absorb it. Like, I was like, what happened? And then I was like, I don't care. There's supposed to be, like, this huge, uh, like, heartbreaking moment where he starts murdering the last Nazi in the boat. And she, and he looks at her with his face covered in blood. And he, like, asks her to stay or whatever. And she's like, how could I love a man who, like, has no humanity left? And it's like, holy shit, that's what they were going for this whole time? I never would have known. Like, because there's just nothing to that. There's no buildup prior. It's not a very good setup point to suddenly make. But I think if in like 20 to 30 years when Harvey Weinstein is dead, <laughs> like that's it, like he'll just probably be dead by then. <laughs> yeah, the future of Harvey Weinstein, Donald Trump, and Woody Allen are all dead. I'll be very happy. The Hannibal franchise is still relevant, I guess. But if someone wanted to remake this movie, like, let's do a remake of Hannibal Rising. Like, if someone actually came at it with enthusiasm, like, uh, and, like, the intensity of, like, Michael Mann and Manhunter, or Jonathan Demme with Silence of the Lambs, I think you could do something with this. You kind of tap into it with the series. It's, like, briefly touched, but, like, I, they don't, I wonder, they could have maybe done, like, a Godfather Part Two thing where, like, they did, like, the inner, ch- like, cutting with the flashbacks to tell, like, Hannibal's origin story mixed with, you know, if you're going to do, if you're going to bring Clarice into this, if they eventually get to her, and you want to tell the story of how she suddenly becomes Hannibal's lover, it might be a good time to, you know, intercut with Hannibal's uh, origin story. Because, I mean, the book Hannibal does actually talk a little bit about his upbringing. Uh not to the extent that Hannibal Rising does, but it's not really in the movie. It's more in the book. And it kind of, all the books kind of make it clear that Hannibal suffered abuse at some point because most serial killers do. Uh, usually, most, most offenders in general experience some sort of abuse that they then project onto the world. Not to say that everyone who's abused does that. I'm just saying, like, that's just, that's a thing. That's why you kind of, I like that. I really like that line in Manhunter where he, he pities the child that eventually became the Red Dragon Killer. He doesn't pity the adult who is now committing these crimes, but he pities what happened to the kid that became this way. And it says something that I do not at all pity Hannibal in this film. And he had to deal with cannibal Nazis. Fuck, like, it's such a good, I don't know if it's a good premise, but it's like, it's something that absolutely gets me on board like if i didn't know this movie existed and you hit me up and were like did you know that there's a movie where hannibal lecter hunts nazis and i'd be like oh okay i don't know if it'd be good but like it it sounds entertaining and it, it's not but there's there's something there i think someone could do something with this that could make it a genuinely good movie Good evening, Inspector.
where can people find you? I'm at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com. And I am at Diego Crespo, D-E-W-G-O Waffles. Waffle Check Press. out his new kaiju show. Actually, yes. Thank you for that. That was nice. Also, check out the rest of the Hannibal Lecter stuff here on the Waffle Press. Winding down, we just got the TV sh- series left to talk about. Now we're really in the home stretch. And now, now things are about to turn around, about a complete 180 from where we're at, yeah. where we're only going to have too much to talk about yeah. in the next few episodes. That'll require more editing because it's too good, as opposed to this. I won't, I won't have time to go on all these bullshit tangents that just annoy Diego. You make me want to end my life. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And if you didn't like this, like, subscribe anyways, because you might find something you like. So thanks for that. We've been professionally unprofessional. Do you know the first chapter of Moby Dick is Loomings? Surely all this is not without meaning. <laughs>